0: Yo, what's good people? It is your boy S. Foster back with another episode of 28 minutes or less. And this is episode 86 of the podcast and uh, the subject matter today, man, is something that's look, it's been spoken about for years and years and centuries on top of centuries on top of centuries. You hear me? Um this whole stigma uh Friday the 13th, right? But Within that subject matter of Friday the 13th, with people who are dedicated listeners of this podcast, all know that I am a huge, when it comes to the movie franchise, Friday the 13th, my man, Jason Voorhees. Y'all know how I get down when it comes to Jason, um, so I'm going to speak also about this series of Friday the 13th as well, but let me tell y'all something. So, personally, I don't have any special or bad events that has happened on this day of Friday the 13th, 2022. I've never really had nothing to where it's like, yo, like, I don't like Friday the 13th because this happened to me or this person might have died and all this stuff like that. I don't have any of those type stories. Now, there are people who are out there who have that story, but I'm one of the people who do not have one of those stories of a bad event that has happened on Friday the 13th. Um, but the whole stigma of this and some of it has originated in a religious sense, right? Um, you know, in some biblical traditions, you know, it was 13 guests that was attended for the Last Supper, right? So that happened. And so people already kind of got that stigma of that number of 13 guests being at the table. And they were saying that it was a bad omen. Right. And what gave Friday that whole thing is the fact that, you know, Judas betrayed him, um, betrayed Jesus. And it was a good Friday. And that was the day of Jesus crucifixion. But at the same time, when you think about the day of Friday, right? Friday was, to be said, um, I don't know if this is proven because a lot of the stuff really probably wasn't documented, but possibly documented. But we all know how they go. I'm not going to go down that road because that's going to lead me down a whole thing. But anyway, Friday is to believe to be the day that Eve gave Adam the Faithful Apple from the Tree of Knowledge and also was the day that Cain killed his brother Abel. So, like, with people giving 13 that bad stigma and it's starting from, you know, the days of Jesus and all of this type of stuff, people tend to look at it like, oh, well, this is what it was. So, if this happened and this other stuff had happened on this day, that's the whole thing of like starting an urban legend so like this is probably like the oldest urban legend of all time the fact that people pinpointing that number 13 and using the day of Friday and because it's also a date that isn't that common because we only get it like maybe once a year maybe twice a year I don't know how many times we get it Um, because I don't really pay attention to it like that but like the urban legend they're passed on through time through time and through time like a lot of people know you go into a building they got more than 13 floors they don't list the 13th floor as 13th you know what I'm saying like let's like for instance great movie John Cusack um, Samuel L. Jackson it's a movie called 1408 and it originated from the room 1408. And basically what it is, is the fact that this one room that has been recorded, that like all of these strange things happen in this room. Like nobody can stay a night in this room. Like something always happens. People trying to set it on fire. People froze to death. Like all of these crazy murders or suicides has happened in the room 1408. So John Cusack was a writer. And he figured I would sit in this room and i will survive the night nobody because he was a writer he you know he needed that big break he was like yo i'm gonna write about staying in this room all night because people claim that nobody can do it so but the whole reason i bring that up is for the simple fact of when you looked at the the elevator it goes to 12 to 14 so it's originally the 13th floor anyway and that's the one thing I never understood. Like, just because you're not calling it 13, it doesn't mean it's still not the 13th floor. Now, it'd be different if you just built the whole floor and you didn't use it. <clears throat> but I just never thought it made any sense. Just because you don't label it 13 doesn't mean it's not the 13th floor. So that's a whole other thing right there, which I just always thought was kind of weird. But, um, you know, like, when you, when you go out through the years, when it comes to the number 13 and all of that type of stuff, when you look at some of the bad events <clears throat> that happened on Friday the 13th, you know what I'm saying, like, Friday the 13th October the 13th 1307, um, officers of uh, Philip, well King Philip IV of France arrested a hundred knights of temper, right, which was a powerful religious and it was a military order And that happened you know it was formed in the 12th century and it was for the defense of the Holy Land so that was one thing that was happening he just basically arrested a whole bunch of people and also when you look at a tragic event that happened on Friday the 13th including the Germans um, bombing of the Buckingham Palace and that was in September of 1940 so People will look at something like that and say, yo, that was a bad event. Um, Let me see. This happened in October of 1972 when a Chilean Air Force airplane just disappears in the Andes. Like it just disappeared. Nobody ever seen the plane ever again. Um, When you think about in 1996, September 1996, that was the year Tupac died. Um, And that was on a Friday the 13th. Um, There was also uh, a cruise ship that was off the coast of Italy, which was 30 people was killed. So people tend to look at this date and look at this number as something that is just tragic because of something that happened, you know, back in the day. But then that also goes along with conspiracy theories. Um, You know, when you think of something like, I don't have them all in my head because um, one one of my favorite movies is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. It's called The Number Twenty Three, and like the whole object of of that movie is the fact of like the number twenty three being bad, like. And then they started going through like things that added up to the number twenty three, so it's, it's like I think that when it comes to people, us as people, we tend to give things power. And we have given the number 13 power for centuries. On centuries was given that number 13 this power. And I just think that if you go back and you look I remember one time I looked at and my birthday January 11 and I was like, I wonder what has all happened on, on January 11 on my birthday. And I just started looking at events that happened on january 11th a lot of bad shit happened <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's that's a little project i give y'all just like go to google and google events on your birthday like you're going to be able to find shit. my whole point is there has been a lot of bad things happen on every day on the damn calendar you know what i'm saying But we gave friday the 13th the stigma and it was just passed on from centuries on centuries on centuries it's kind of like that you know like they rumor that just keeps going and going and going and going and going and i think that that's what happened with friday the 13th people give it the stigma thinking that it is a bad day right all right so that's on that so when it comes to friday the 13th the movie series all right um I've done a top five slasher list right you'll have to go back into the archives and see when I did this episode I did it during I did a horror I did a horror fest and I did top five slash it was all time it was episode 20 right i did it back in 2020 and the person that made number one on my list was my main man jason Voorhees, right so jason to me is one of the most vicious dudes ever and what sucks about jason is for some odd reason they can't make the movie scary anymore I don't know if if it was that thing where it's like when you first see it it hits you because it's that element of surprise or if it's just the fact of you can't the thing is, like, people aren't going to, like, summer camps like that anymore. So it's like, it's not really something that you can really keep going because I think that the way of the lands of, of the way that people operate nowadays, they don't operate the same way they did in the 80s. So it's kind of hard to keep remaking this movie because people just don't operate in that way anymore. But when it comes to the first Friday the 13th, um, came out in 1980. You know what I'm saying? You got to shout out to uh Sean Cunningham. Um, but at the same time, if you shout out to John Cunningham, you also got to shout out to um, to my man John, um, John Carpenter. And you also got to shout out to Wes Craven. And this is why. You got to shout out to John Carpenter because for the people that don't know this, Jason is basically a rip-off of Michael Myers same thing Um, he basically saw the success of what Halloween did in 1978 and was like yo I'm gonna duplicate that but I'm gonna put a spin on it I'm gonna have naked women and I'm going to add a camp of a disfigured boy who drowned in the water and he's just seeking revenge on all the people that come to the lake. When it comes to Michael Myers, he kills his sister, and his whole thing was, "I'm just gonna kill everybody get in my way," to kill my other sister. And then come to find out, when it comes to Halloween Kills, he's never even going after Laurie Strode in the first down place. You just think that he is. So, anyway, get back to it. So you have to say John Carpenter for the simple fact of him. And Deborah Hill came up with the whole Michael Myers character, which his name is The Shape. Um, If you look at the IMDb, um, he's called The Shape because they used this white mask that was originally a mask of William Shackner from Star Trek and they just painted the mask and cut the eyes bigger. So, Sean Cunningham was cool with Wes Craven. And Wes Craven really—he helped with the first movie, as well helped him film this movie. Um, actually, it was some things where I think, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Cunningham had got pissed off and didn't show up for a day or two or something like that. Something happened, and Wes Craven had to fill in for him and uh, film for a couple of days or something like that. But what I thought was dope about them doing the series is that if you are familiar with it. Jason isn't the killer when it comes to the part one of Friday the 13th. Um, it's actually his mother who is the person that's the killer, Mrs. Voorhees. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Betsy Palmer. Um, she played Mrs. Voorhees and her whole thing was killing the camp counselors for letting her son drown. Like, everybody knows the story. But for them to have that in mind, Right. And see, this is the one thing that always stood out to me is that when you look at the cover, I always thought that it was Jason that was on the cover was actually Mrs. Voorhees because he wasn't the killer yet. And so she is revenging the death of her son. And for this movie to end the way that it ended, you know, what I'm saying with Mrs. Voorhees being decapitated. But them already having in mind like, yo, like, because this is the wild part about Friday the 13th. It was never supposed to go as long as it was going. Um, even Sean Cutterham admitted that like the movie was, a, <clears throat> was supposed to end with the character Alice that was sitting in the boat. That was just like after she killed Mrs. Voorhees, she was sitting out in the um, in the lake and she was just sitting there on the boat the movie was supposed to end like that that was the ending of the movie but someone came up with the idea of yo what if we have the disfigured Jason come out of the water and pull your girl in right but at the same time it's a dream and you kind of make of it what you make of it so then part 2 come out so now, part two come out just a year later. Like, they own their shit. But it's a different director this time. This time, it's uh, Stephen Minor. So they come out with uh, part two. But Jason, he ain't got the man yet. You know what I'm saying? Now, Jason, self-conscious, um, with, it, with them being dead, self-conscious, and my dude, Is wearing this bag over his head. With one eye cut out that bad boy. So. He is. uh, Now he is. Revenging the death of his mother. And the death of himself. And he's just like. Yo I'm going to take everybody out. That uh, fucked me over. So. What made. Jason. So different from Michael Myers. Because if you watch. Halloween 1. Which came out. In 78. and part 2 came out in 81 same year as this movie they're not really showing blood in the michael myers joint so when it came to jason when it comes to friday 13th they're like nah we we going all the way in like we we showing blood we showing titties and everybody that fucks somebody dies like that was like the rules of horror movies in the 80s and, like, so they took it to a whole hardcore type of level. And it's, like, basically, if you see if you see a girl, Titty, she's about to die, basically. She's going to die really soon. And, like, that's the way that they did it. So they put the stigma on it of, like, yo, if you see sex and nudity, you're dying. And you're dying pretty fast. But, like, the way that they did it was they wanted to... Kind of separate themselves from the Halloween whole thing, right? So they they did it in the way of we're gonna give you hardcore things to, you know, basically separate ourselves from it. And so, you know, so I, I'm fucking with all of them, but then for me, I think the change came when it got to part three because once you get to part three of Jason well Friday the 13th and that was another thing that was always kind of um, kind of wild because we tend to that's just like Nightmare on Elm Street right when you think of Nightmare on Elm Street you go straight to Freddy like you just be like yo, you see the Freddy movies? I like, guess what you do, right? When you think of Chucky. It was called Child's Play. You know what I mean? Like the first three was called Child's Play. And then they started putting the whole name of Chucky in the um what do you call it? in the title. So what i thought was different about the third one was the fact of if i'm not mistaken this is when you add like a whole storyline to it because no 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 wait i'm mistaken this one is just a whole bunch of killing um they don't really get to the whole storyline thing yet but see this is what's great about them doing what they're doing because they hitting you the shit back to back to back because you got one in 1980 you got one in 1981 and you got one in 1982 and one of the different things that they did in the third one was now Mrs. Voorhees come from the water you know what I'm saying and pull a girl in because now they're saying that Mrs. which is is, it it don't make sense because obviously her head got cut off so she can't necessarily come out of the water. But the whole thing of this is I had a friend of mine that used to always say, yo, I don't ever watch any of those movies because they're stupid. That was like, <laughs> cause they said, yo, like it's not real. And I think the whole point of this is that Jason is the supernatural figure that can't be stopped and he can't die. And what I've always loved about Jason, and I talked about this when I did part six, is the fact that Jason don't run. Now, there's a few of them where he did run. I think in this one, um, he had like a little slight jog. You know what I'm saying? And I think what ended up happening is they ended up going in another direction when it comes to directors, and he kind of switched it up. It's like, yo, it's more scarier. If he's just walking and he still catches you. And I remember me and Scooch Bronson did Fear Street on Netflix. The whole series that it did there. And I was like, yo, I used to always think the most scariest thing ever was watching Jason walk towards you. And you could be running and you cannot trip. But Jason will always catch you. And I was like, yo, that's scary. But then there's one killer that had a sack over his head and um at Fierce street Fierce street it was uh 1994 1978 and 1666 so anyway there was a killer in there that wore this mask not this mask but this this bag over his head and you know he was running after you with an axe that shit was crazy that shit was pretty scary but um but yeah so But like the side stories That always came with Jason It was really never a side story It was just kind of This whole thing of You know people going out there And the only story was The fact that Jason Was just killing everybody That came to the lake right And he was just revenging the death of his mother Then he got to the point where it wasn't even anything to do with his mother anymore He's just like yo anybody who come to Camp Crystal Lake I'm killing you Solid is to it This is when the change came. The change came. In 1984. So they took two years off. Right. Friday the 13th. The final chapter. Is when. The whole. Tommy story. Got involved. So. At this time. Tommy's like. 12. 13 years old something like that right so Tommy whole family ended up getting killed and Tommy is a reoccurring character and I think that what this person was able to do um, this was uh, directed by uh, Joseph Zito and I think that he that he found something here he's like yo like what's why, shouldn't we have like this reoccurring story that keeps going to where we show you this dude getting older so the whole chain for me anyway because when it comes to the first three I watch them but I'm more focused On the ones starting at the final chapter. Because I think the Tommy story... Because I feel like... When when you have a... um, When you have a a storyline to go along... With a whole bunch of murders... I think that that's when it gets better. And then he got... A whole way more creative with his kills... When it came to this one as well. But... So Tommy is basically watching... Like his whole family being murdered. And he actually got involved with what he thought was the killing of Jason uh, Voorhees but you know in the whole scene of you see at the end of the movie where he just keeps stabbing him he's like die 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 and he kept stabbing him like so that's how the movie ends it ends with Tommy stabbing Jason about them 47 times right so that's what they did in the final chapter when it comes to uh, 1984 right so then 1985 comes hit you and this is when it gets really wild so they, like I said they bring back the Tommy character but this time Tommy has you know he's been and this is Friday the 13th A New Beginning so now Tommy is like maybe 16 17 years old they got him basically like in the halfway house kind of a Uh, facility because you know he don't have any family members because all of them got murdered and he has a lot of trauma so like at this place like he's getting he's getting therapy and all of this type shit right and the way that this movie starts is like it show you Tommy when he was younger and he see these people trying to dig up uh, Jason's grave or whatever so Tommy don't believe that Jason is dead, but he ended up getting this this whole thing in his head where cause he, he, he ended up falling in love with masks. And so he put together like all of these masks and, and, um, and he also would have like these dreams because he dreamed that he saw Jason. Coming, um these people dig them out of a grave, and Jason, you know, was coming after him. So he, it was, it was always these scenes of him standing there. He see Jason, and he like close his eyes, and then he opened his eyes, and Jason wouldn't be there. So like, he's going through all this trauma of stabbing Jason and not necessarily believing that he's dead. But what they did with this one, what makes this one, this one is one of my favorite ones. Um Not only because they got the reoccurring story. Of Tommy, but they also bring in, you know, some new characters. Uh, Reggie, Reggie's one of my favorite guys, man. Reggie's in this, um, and this is the one where they they added a different element to this one. Um, this is when this is when it started to bring. A little bit more comedic stuff to it. And I thought that that was. Uh, that was dope as well. And. What also. Made. A new beginning different. Is. So. There was this one guy. He was always angry. I mean mad all the time. And so he's sitting there. Uh, he has an axe. And he's sitting there hitting. Um, this. The stub on a tree. And. There was this one kid, he had um, some kind of disability, right? Um, he wasn't too bright. And so he went out. He went outside and he gave the dude, he was trying to give dude the candy bar. And my man is like, yo, I don't want it. Like, just let me be mad. Let me sit here, hit the stub on the tree. And so he tries to give him the candy bar. He ended up touching him and he got candy on his shirt. My man got so mad, he turned around with the ax, started killing dude so he stabbed old dude up so now they end up taking him to jail jail and so now within all of this shit that's going on Tommy's still hallucinating all of this type of shit these murders start to happen So murders starting to happen and long story short what makes this one so unique is the whole time you think it's Jason. It's not Jason. As a matter of fact, when it comes to Jason Voorhees, Jason Voorhees wasn't even in the New Beginning Part 5. Jason was buried, dead, and buried. Who it was was the kid that had the mental issues. They that touched my man's shirt, got the candy bar on him. His father just got a hockey mask and started pretending to be Jason because he was mad about his son being murdered so he took it upon himself to kill all the kids at that damn facility so I'm not going to go too long on this one because if y'all want to hear it I've already done a part 6 Jason Lives that is my favorite Friday the 13th movie I did a whole podcast on it It's look 13 is is I mean, not 13, but part six is my shit. But basically, now the Tommy character is in his 20s. And he wants to make sure Jason is dead. So I will do this scene because I fucking love the scene. So the way that the movie starts is he's riding in the truck with a friend from the facility that they've been at. And he's like, yo, I need to make sure Jason is dead. Goes to the grave. um, He starts to dig it up. So they dig it up, and you see the casket sitting there. And so he asked my man for the crowbar, and he was like, Yo, tell me I don't like this. And he was like, Man, give me the crowbar. And so he didn't hand it to him, so he get up to go get it. So he handed it to him. He was like, You know, tell me I don't, I don't like this. So he pops it open. Jason body's there. So he starts that whole scene from part uh, four. You know what I'm saying? You hear that, die, die, when he was a kid. So he goes and get this uh, metal pole that's a part of the fence and starts stabbing Jason. You know what I'm saying? Stabbing him about eight times. So he leaves it there. And then the most miraculous thing happened. Lightning strikes, hits the pole. You know what I'm saying? Then he gets out of the way, another lightning bolt. Hit the same part, same spot, lightning strikes twice now Jason got the uh, got that electricity that he needed to come back alive. so Tommy goes down there to take the pole out of and so my man that's with him is like Tommy he said look man let's get out of here my heart can't take no more of this and so then he takes the thing out of throws it down he goes to get out Jason fucking leaps up and grabs him and all that type shit so now jason gets out of the grave and he's standing there then it starts raining and then all the maggots start falling off of him and all this shit and so my man that went there with tommy he goes grabs a shovel hit jason upside the head with the shovel jason turns around punches him in the chest while he punches him in the chest he takes his heart out of his chest that is one of the most iconic scenes I've ever seen because five minutes earlier he said my heart can't take no more of this and Jason said I will help you out with it I will take your heart out of your chest but that was one of the dope things about part six because that, that was it was just the fact of it was the fact of like keeping the Tommy story going um, I thought that that was I thought that that was a very smart thing to do is to uh, to keep that going and so then when they think of part 7 they entitled this one The New Blood and they give you a whole new spin to it because now there's a girl in here that got telekinesis and so now Jason is hit with a whole another thing where he's like yo like I ain't never seen no shit like this before a day in my life where a girl can hit me with shit she ain't even coming near me. So I thought that that was a good spin but at the same time, so this came out in 1988. Two years after uh, Jason Lives. Now, you got Freddie going on at the same time. Right? And you got Michael Myers. This is, the 80s is a time. You know what I'm saying? Like For me, the 80s was in my eyes was the greatest decade of horror movies because you got the continuance from 1978 of Halloween so you got Michael Myers you got Michael Myers through the 80's you got Jason through the 80's you got Freddy Krueger through the 80's you got Evil Dead in the 80's you got Hellraiser started in the 80's so like there is a lot of you know you got Chucky, Chouse Plate in the 80s so you got a lot of you got a lot of things going on you know throughout this time and I don't remember which one came out first because I could because well you no know, I think this had to come out before that one because there was a girl if I'm not mistaken that had telekinesis in the Nightmare on Elm Street joint but the first Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984, and the girl didn't have telekinesis in that one. So they might have came up with this idea first. So they call this New Blood because you got, you know, they get they get rid of the whole story of Tommy. Tommy's out of here now, and so now you move on to this new girl. They got telekinesis, and her family's going through this whole thing, and they got her out here trying to give her therapy because she got trauma, and she's trying to get away from. And they thought they're taking her to out in the woods that this was going to help not knowing that they was going to put her in the whole situation with Jason and I just thought that it was a great unique spin to put on this Friday the 13th franchise is to put something out there that a lot of people have not seen before but then at the same time that whole telekinesis thing became a thing and um, where well, it was more of a conversation in the 80s where people started thinking that people could actually move shit with their minds so that really became a thing and I thought to put that in the film made it even better. Then this is when it started to take you know what I'm saying? A little left a little bit. Now I personally like it but you know Friday the 13th or 8th Jason takes Manhattan and how that even happened was Jason accidentally woke up and ended up getting on this boat where these uh, students, these graduation students he ended up taking a trip to Manhattan, and he ended up being on that boat. So he's killing everybody on the boat. And next thing you know, he's just chasing these these teenagers through New York, through Manhattan. And what what what's dope about it is the fact that people just think it's a dude walking around in a dirty suit and a hockey mask, and nobody's paying them any attention. But when you think about people from New York, people from New York really mind their business. So like they're not even really concerned that there's a dude walking around in a damn mask soaking wet like wilding and you know what I'm saying but with that being said I gotta shout out I gotta shout out my dude uh Julius man Julius was one of the first people see you know I'm saying to put them hands up on Jason like he started you know what I'm saying he gave Jason you know what I'm saying that four piece combo and um it didn't end well for Julius. Um, Jason gave him that one hit of quitter and head went flying, but that ain't the point. The point is, Julius didn't run from Jason. He squared up with him and he got his head knocked off. So anyway, uh, so part eight was pretty cool. But then after that, man, see, cause that came out in 1989. And soon as the century returned, Jason goes to hell 1993 this is when for me the franchise started to go down um I didn't enjoy Jason Goes to Hell um Scrooge Bronson always get on me for this but I didn't like Jason X he was like Jason X is the one thing that makes the most sense I thought it was, I didn't like the mask I didn't like nothing about it to be honest with you um, I, I I think that they just they ran out of ideas and they wanted to keep the character going and it just wasn't—it just wasn't a good look, like at, at all. Then you have in two thousand and three, you got the Freddy vs. Jason. Um, the movie itself is cool. I think the idea was phenomenal. I don't think it was the best executed. I thought the execution was subpar I think that it could have been a whole lot better but where I'm disappointed is when it comes to Friday the 13th that came out in 2009 it just got to the point where you're doing these remakes and you're trying to keep a franchise going but you would think with better technology that people would be more creative, and I think that when it comes to the killers that was in the '80s, with the people trying to redo it in the '2000s, even when they came out with a new Nightmare on Elm Street, right? And they and they came out with another actor. Now it's it's kind of tough because I think that actor was put in a tough position because um, when you following the performance that Robert Engel did is kind of tough but the movie wasn't good and that's what ended up happening so it's like I can't even be excited for another Friday the 13th I mean even the new Halloween movies that's been coming out they're not as good as for me the first two they're not as good as that one Um, I think the last great Halloween movie like great movie to come out was Halloween H20 which came out in 98 so I think that what they ended up doing with the whole Friday the 13th thing is the number in the day has a stigma and it's not a thing that occurs a lot so I believe that they named it this because of that stigma that goes along with it for people to be afraid, really. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of things that people do to try to keep people afraid. I mean, and that right there could take me down a whole nother rabbit hole that I'm not gonna go down. But it was just something that uh, I wanted to get off my chest, special occasion type of thing. So I'm actually gonna drop this on Friday the 13th. Um, it was just something that I had in my spirit so, I'm going to drop this episode on y'all. So, uh, I appreciate everybody who uh, fucks with the podcast, Rock with the podcast. Uh, you know, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, suggestions, all of that type shit. Um, go check out the Viewers Anonymous. Shout out to my guy, Scooch Bronson. Um, we're taking a break today, we only dropped one episode this week. So, uh, go check that out. We did the movie uh, 2067, Um, also, time travel type of movies. So, go check that out on all major platforms. Uh, Shout out to my guy Casey uh, to hook me up with all the music. Appreciate my guy. Appreciate you for listening and supporting this podcast. Also, shout out to uh, E. Carter and Siege for what they're doing over there, the First Class Podcast and the C Podcast. Also, shout out to my guy, J.D. Oracle, who I got to get in contact with um, so y'all can look out for the Weight Shine Grind Marathon podcast. Uh, We should be dropping a new episode very, very soon. So be on the lookout for that as well. And shout out to him. Uh, So I appreciate everybody for listening to episode 86 of the 28 Minutes of Less podcast. And I'm out.